Well, hey, everybody. Good morning. This lovely day. Who, honestly, who, like, who loves this kind of weather? I love it. I'm just going to say, hey, you know, I got like Eastern European roots. I'm hairy, except for up here. This is kind of my, and my last name's Snow, so I love this kind of weather. You know, this is just kind of my jam. Um, good to see you all this morning. My name's Ryan. I'm one of the pastors on staff here and on the board, and I'm trying to get my mic back on, not look like I'm like, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> there, I saved the potty joke. Um, I want to ask anyone today, and this is kind of be a first volunteer, I would love to hear a quick story of how you've stopped for the one, how you've been um, compelled, impelled to stop for the one as we've been doing this and something God did. If you had like a one or two minute story, not like the sermon or the drunk uncle version, if you just got a quick story, I would love to hear maybe how Jesus has used you as you've stopped for the one in the past seven or eight weeks. Lynn. Yeah, kid, um, you know what, come here. I know. Yeah, that is Lynn's middle name is Shy. Lynn Shyondrovic. Okay, so I don't want to be too loud. My first Veterans Day off ever. See, I'm building this up to be a really long story. But there was this woman walking up the road, and we just happened to be driving at the very right time, and she had a kidney infection. I didn't know that yet, and a small overnight bag. So I made a U-turn, pulled over, ran across the street. You know, 42 is kind of crazy. And I said, hey, do you need a ride? She said, yes. So driving her, you know, hearing <coughs> a little bit about her story, and she, you know, had long history of problems and she's breaking free of those but she was in a lot of pain and we prayed and the holy spirit came and she was just soaking in the presence and just really uplifted she had kidney pain from walking maybe about five miles by the time i picked her up mm. from an eight or a nine to less than a two she had some degenerative back pain, and she said that she was getting relief in her neck and her back, and it was just so uplifting. Then we were like girlfriends, and we went and bought her a journal, and I dropped her back off at home, and it was just awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do, because one thing that we talk a lot about as a staff is we talk about stories, and I'll ask uh, you know, Amber Lucas, hey, has anyone volunteered to give a testimony or a story they would love to share? We want to hear your stories because this Stop for the One, this isn't just a series. This is living an available life. So as we wrap this up today, please let us know if, if God did something. Because listen, this is not just like the church of the staff, okay? This is like everybody gets to play here at the Vineyard, and we want to hear the way God's moving in your lives. If it's just in simple stuff, if it's big stuff, if it's stopping like that stuff, we want to hear your stories, and we want to share those. It doesn't have to fit a series. We just want to be a church that shares stories and that where everyone is doing the stuff Jesus did, because that's what discipleship is. So if you have that, please, anytime, anywhere, get on the hub, get on the app, whatever, Get on there and say, I got a testimony, got a story I want to share. We're probably going to call it like stop for the one or whatever. I got something where I stopped for the one and here's what Jesus did. Don't feel like it's got to fit or whatever. Don't feel like you got to ask. Tell us and we will get to it. Especially if we know that we got you know, 20 things and we know we got a series on this and we might save it for a couple weeks for that. But we, we want to hear your stories, whether it's now or next week or in a couple weeks. We want to be just constant on those. So please, please, please share your stories. Um, yesterday, I got the awesome privilege of going to my first Ohio State Buckeyes game. Let me tell you, 
that was awesome for those of you. I know some. I know down here there's some umbrage towards like your northern compatriots on some level, but. I love the Buckeyes, I'm from Ohio, so I hope you can love me and embrace me, and I hope that you'll join, because they're a, they're a very winning franchise. And so, for a state devoid of great football, I want to invite you to like Ohio, to the Ohio Nexus. But uh, me and my buddy Keith got to go. Keith was in the marching band at Ohio State. Even if you don't like them, like their marching band's a big deal. And so, it was just kind of cool, the whole college football experience. Um, I was thinking this week about the Bengals. Um, we got that picture. Like, you know, I love triangles up in and out. There's a Bengals triangle someone sent me. (laughs) And that's just, that's life as a Bengals fan. (laughs) So go Bucks, Bearcats, Wildcats, and uh, we'll just pray for you Bengals because it's just, I, I don't know what's happening there. So anyways... This week, we're, we are concluding our series called Stop for the One, and um, we want to perpetuate the series with living available lives going forward, activated lives going forward in a deeper, wider, broader fashion. But this week, as we're concluding, we've been talking about the seven eyes. And I've talked about I'm a low-hanging fruit guy. Like, if you want to like, look about how to have a quick impact on people, look in these groups and watch what God does. We start off with the isolated, like the addicted and all these start with eyes because it's, this is how I roll. If you don't know me, you will soon. So um, the isolated, the injured, the ill, the ignored, indigent, the incarcerated, and now this week, the international. And so we've been covering what many of these groups are, like the isolated, like the addicted, and the families of those, and mental health issues. And then we talked about ill and injured. Then we talked about incarcerated, and we shared, and then we had uh, uh, Reset Ministries, uh, Barry Long shared on that, and Reset Ministries had someone come, a guy who had been incarcerated, God's changed his life, and there's all kinds of ways to partner with these people. And then a few weeks ago, my wife, uh, my wife and my friend Amy came up and shared about the ignored, about foster care and adoption and widows. And we got some really exciting stuff. Come next week, if you're interested in that at all, Carla's got a lot to share on that, just like get connected, and she's got a wonderful thing that we're going to be doing that's going to be like a ministry to the whole city for that, that we're so excited about. And then last week, we shared about like the poor, indigent, about the poor, and how we're a church that loves the poor, and we want to uh, connect and serve people. This week, it's about the international. There's international people. There's probably some of you in here from different countries just looking around, like I know there's some of you that are from different countries or from far off places. And one thing about international people is, is often they're in a place because they're looking for something else. They're looking for a better life. They're looking for an opportunity. They're going to school. They got transferred internationally, so for a job. Or maybe, or maybe uh, you're like a refugee. Maybe you got this place from where you were and you have, and this is a safe haven. So a lot of, but international, whatever the case is, so whether it's people jumping a border, that they're on the run, people needing a job, education, or like a refugee, or family, whatever, people are looking for something, but often, this is a very unreached, untapped people group, because a lot of times there's language barrier. There's cultural barrier. There's even socioeconomic barrier, where there's these people, not all of them, but a lot of times will tend to concentrate in certain parts of town, like kind of like, like almost 
not like a ghetto like as we think of it, but like ghettos back in the day when there would be like, like an Italian neighborhood or a Jewish neighborhood or, or like a Hispanic neighborhood or, you know, an, um, you know, an Asian neighborhood. People, they'll, they'll go to these and they isolate, not because I don't think they want to be isolated, but because there's so many challenges. There's so many challenges to integrating and becoming like a new member of society and just a lot of people don't welcome them in. I think a lot of times we're afraid of what we don't know and who we don't know. And international people, friends, let me tell you, you want to be able to um, look for people of peace and find people looking for friends. A lot of times these people are looking for friends because they want to know the culture. They want to know the new country they're part of. They want a connection. They want connections. They want to grow their business. They want to grow their family. They want to teach their kids English. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're here because they, they want something that's here. And if you and I, if we make intentional steps to reach out to these people, it can be a game changer. It can be a game changer. Um, and really, a lot of times, these people are easy to spot because they look different. Right? If you're from another country, a lot of times you look different. You just have different styles, or they have different language, or an accent, or, you know, they just whatever. They celebrate different holidays. These are things that are very obvious. If we'll look and stop and we'll just notice, notice a little more, these are people who we could uh, be friends with, and people are open a lot of times. People, there's people I've met that are international that were never open to the gospel but we're open to our culture, and I was the friend that they met, or someone else was the friend that they met, and that was their gateway to Jesus. Um, and I know there's varying thoughts about this, about the border and walls and all this stuff. We're not going there today. I don't care what you think about that, honestly, and you probably don't care what I think about it. But I know that people among us, Jesus cares about every one of them. However you got here, or however they got here, however I did, Jesus cares. So we're not going to get into like a right-left thing. We're going to stay on the very narrow middle road of how Jesus wants us to reach people, okay? So put that aside. If you're offended by saying reach international people, if you have like a narrative that just pisses you off about the whole thing, maybe your job, whatever, we're, we're going to lay that down today and just say, what does Jesus say about the subject, okay? So I'm just going to ask you to have a fresh set of ears and just open your heart up today because I think this is a people group that God wants us to meet. He does. Um, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. There's a great story here. If you've got a Bible, turn there. Otherwise, we'll have it on the screen. Um, or like if you've memorized the Bible, that's even great too. Just shut your eyes and let your eyes flutter weird and we'll think something's going on. Or, or else like you're Neo on the Matrix or just really cool or falling asleep or something. Um, REM sleep in the middle of church. So Philip in the Ethiopian, there's a story, like in the book of Acts, Jesus told the disciples to go. He said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, beyond. That means start where you are. And then go to, they start in their city, Jerusalem, their nation, Israel, Samaria, the next door country. Beyond was everywhere else. And they were given this mandate by Jesus to be a missional people. Do you know, church, we are called to be a missional people. We are like Jesus. And part of the disciple-making process was Jesus says, I came to seek and save the lost. That's the kind of people we are and want to be too. Philip was one of the first missionaries that we see having an encounter 
with someone from a foreign country in a foreign country. He was in Samaria, but he had an encounter there with someone who was completely not from Samaria. Let's read. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Philip was actively hearing. He was getting orders from headquarters, and he was willing to change his plans. Listen how he had an available life. Saying, get ready and go south to the road that descends uh, from Jerusalem to Gaza. So there was this road that went from Israel north and then to Samaria. There was this road, and like I said, Israel, it was kind of like, if you can imagine, 1850s, 60s, 70s in the United States, what it would have been like crossing the Mason-Dixon line from the north to the south. This is how the Jews felt about the Samaritans. They felt like they were dirty, they felt like they were half-breeds, that they had terrible ideologies, and they were doing stuff that did not fit like what they felt like they were supposed to wear. And so Philip was called to go to this place. And so he got ready and went. We don't hear the dialogue of Philip saying, oh no, or um, can't you send John, or we don't, we don't hear that. We just say, so Philip heard, he obeyed, right? A disciple hears God, obeys, teaches others to do the same, or they share. So if you want to be hot, do that. You want to be a hoss, you do that. So hear, obey, share, hear, hear, obey, tell, whatever. So he got ready and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch who was a court official, next slide, of Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who was there in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, um, Ethiopia was not exactly as we know it. It was kind of more south of um, Egypt to like lower Sudan, Ethiopia, uh, Rwanda, Uganda. It was the land of Kush. It was the land of Kush. It was more of an empire than a country, what we know Ethiopia today. Um, and so God called Philip to a very foreign place, and he called him to a very feared people. The, um, he was leaving the comfort of home to do the work of Jesus, to stop for the one. And I want you to know that obedience always has an outward effect on other people. It always has a step out quality to it. And, but here's the thing. Whether we're stepping into a place of language barrier, cultural hostility to the unknown, when we go, he shows when we go, Jesus shows. Whether we go next door, whether we go to the gas station and we step out, whether we go to Turkey or we go to the Philippines, whatever, when we go, he shows. He just does. So if we got a picture of Ethiopia, of Kush, if we can go to that real quick. I want to show you kind of where this was. Uh, next picture. That's, someone took that back then. Isn't that cool? Just kidding. No, um, that's kind of where Kush was. So if you look at uh, Jerusalem, this guy had traveled from Ethiopia up to Jerusalem to worship. So we know he was a God-fear. He was a guy who went all the way to Jerusalem to worship, which would be very interesting on two levels. He just wanted to go to Jerusalem. And maybe he thought he could go to the temple, but if he didn't know, he was going to get there and be very disappointed. Because you were not allowed to enter the temple as a Gentile. Um, and... Um, they thought that the blacks were cursed. So he wouldn't have been able to enter on that. And thirdly, he was a eunuch. That means like there was some dismembering of his membership that happened. Um, they would, so, so eunuchs were guys who were, some sort of castration would happen, and they would castrate 
these eunuchs because these would be the people taking care of the uh, royalty. So this guy would have been of the household of Candace. And so they thought, well, maybe Candace, this woman, might want to get down with this eunuch dude. And so we're going to make sure that if they do, that just in case that he doesn't affect or infect our bloodline. That's why they did that. So they would castrate these people in case someone was getting a little happy and they were having an affair that, well, we don't, look, we don't look favorably on that, but then we can also guarantee that they're not going to mess things up further by giving us a illegitimate heir, okay? So that's, that's what they did. So this guy on a bunch of levels could not have entered the temple. So he went to Jerusalem to meet God, and if he didn't know this, he knew it when he got there. They're like, hey, thanks for coming, but no no soup for you, like, you know, sort of thing. And, um, and Candace wasn't a name so much as it was a title of, a Ethiop- of an Ethiopian queen, okay? So it was either for the mother of the king or the queen herself. Um, but I think it's cool that this guy was an unclean vessel that wasn't worthy to enter the presence but God chose this guy to uh, receive the real glory. It wasn't about going to a temple. It's not about getting people to church, friends. It's about being the church outside of the walls. Because this guy went to worship, and I think like he found what he was looking for on the way back, way more than going to the city. And uh, so g- going back to the scripture, let's get back to the scripture of what happened. Um, And he was returning, sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Next slide. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So again, Philip is like, why am I here? Sometimes God will send you somewhere, and you go, and then he shows you. Once you go, he shows. He told him the next. So Philip ran up and heard him reading the Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? Here's a great, great missional tool. Ask way more than you tell. I think we always feel like we got to go tell the gospel and preach people's legs off. You can turn anyone into Forrest Gump on a park, Forrest Gump on a park bench if you just ask questions, because most people don't care enough to ask. We live in a self-promotion culture that says, "Here's what I ate for dinner. Here's what I'm doing. Here's me hanging off of Niagara Falls. Sorry, I died. You know, because I'm too close." It's like <laughs> we live in that society. Everyone wants to self to self-promote, very few people want to ask. And Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? Go to people and find out what their need is. Ask them questions about their lives, about their families. Learn about them. Don't just have an agenda to preach, but have an agenda to be people's friends because people belong before they become. We don't have to sign people up to Jesus before we can love them. People belong before they become, and a lot of times they belong, they feel like they're your friend when you ask about them. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? Next slide. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So this is a royal guy now invites this Jewish preacher to sit with him. This is a big deal. Like, this is like, this guy was probably like on a Rolls Royce type chariot, okay? The, the household of Candace was loaded, loaded. Um, like the Queen of Sheba, they think, was from Ethiopia, 
We think Solomon, that whole connection, and Jesus even talks about the queen of Sheba. There was crazy wealth there. And so this guy invites him up, and he says, now the passage he was reading was this. He was like a sheep to the slaughter, Isaiah 53, like a lamb that is silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In uh, his justice, he was taken away. Who will describe his generation? His life is taken away from the earth. Then the eunuch answered Philip, please tell me, of whom does the prophet speak? Does he say about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began from the scripture. He preached Jesus to him. He preached Jesus to him. I love that. He didn't preach tulip. He didn't preach like once saved, always saved, or the navigators, or young life, or vineyard Florence. He preached Jesus to him. Jesus is always enough, friends. If you're wondering what will I say, what will I add, the Spirit's always enough. If you listen, he'll tell you. And once you go, he says, don't even worry about your spiel. I'll give you words to say. Well, what do I say? I'll tell you when you get there. Just go. And Philip heard twice. And then they went along the road and they came some water and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? So we know somewhere in this discourse, Philip had talked about baptism and the eunuch's then like, dude, let's jump in. That's what it's like when we go to people that a lot of times we don't have to have everything figured out. If you just go, if, we, if I just go, if we stop, God will do the rest. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down the water, and Philip, as well as a eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself, and he passed through and kept preaching. A couple things that jump out. One, Philip heard. Two, he obeyed. He embraced this guy where he was, and he just went. Next, he openly shared his faith. Here, obey, share. And what happened to this eunuch, you might ask? Irenaeus, who's one of the early church fathers in the second century writer, um, he wrote this. When this man returned to his country, he shared the gospel for the first time. And by the fourth century, Christianity was his country's official religion. You can never know how broad your impact will be stopping for the one. You will never know. You will never know who you're going to touch and what's going to happen. I remember years ago, uh, North Star Church, we were just planning North Star Church with a team. We were on that plant team. And I said to the pastors, I said, why don't we uh, like do a mission trip to Mexico next year? And they're like, we're only three months old. And I'm like, who cares? If we want to be about mission, why don't we go for it? Let's put in our early DNA. And they're like, fine, let's try it. So we went to this place in Juarez, Mexico, and we were working with this, with, with this group, Casa Por Cristo. Casa Por Cristo, they were building houses for the under-resourced. And there's this one pastor and his family who we got teamed up with, Jesus, Jesus uh, Ruiz and his wife, Maria. And we were working with them. And little did we know that these people just became not just like someone we went and worked with. There, I don't know how many dozens of trips North Star took over the years down there. That was the only trip that I ever went, but I'd work with Casa Por Cristo, and they said, there's this guy, Jesus. I'd talk to Jesus. I'm like, let's go work with Jesus. We got there. North Star planned this seed. We hear a couple years ago in Kansas City that turn on 2020, 
turn it on on Friday night. Jesus and Maria Ruiz were voted 2020's People of the Year for the huge impact that they had on the border, like reaching, and they won, and like they won a million dollars basically to proliferate like their ministry for all the amazing work they did in Juarez. Juarez is a whole. Juarez is a filthy, atrocious place that's ran by crime and drug lords. And Jesus, Jesus and Maria went back to their people from El Paso, and they're doing this amazing ministry where they're feeding children, teaching people, building homes. And little did we know that that seed, we had no idea we were going to partner with 2020 people of the year. Now, we didn't have anything to do with that besides we just kept going and we kept resourcing them and loving them. But God took them further than he ever planned to take us. You never know what your impact is going to be. Twelve years ago, I had the awesome privilege of meeting a guy that I didn't really want to meet. We were doing the North Kansas City breakfast for some high school students that I was the football chaplain of, and I get this voicemail from this guy who has a terrifying-sounding message. And he didn't say anything bad. He's just like, I want to meet with you in the students in Come Help Cook breakfast, and we go from there. I'm thinking, like, we go where from there? To the tracks and you slit my throat? <laughs> or, like, I take your kids and your wife. You know, it's, I don't know, like, what it meant. And I'm just like, but I stopped and prayed. I'm like, should I call this back, this guy back? And I'm like, I'm not going to. And I felt the Lord say, call him back. Little did I know that this guy would become one of my lifelong best friends, that he's a vineyard church planter in YWAM and done ministry in 40-something countries in Kuzan and Clarine, who are planting the first uh, vineyard church in Latvia, you're going to hear from them right now. In Kuzan and Clarine, if we got a picture, there's Kuzan. He's a former pro rugby player. He's, you know, he's about like as big as a doorway and uh, just amazing people who have done stuff all over the world. I want you to hear from them from their international perspective because they're South Africans who are now going to Latvia but have been in the United States. They currently live in Costa Rica, but right now they're in Cairo, so they are like these international people mystery. I want you to hear their story that Lucas got with them the other day. Uh, we couldn't do it live, but um, if we can roll that, that'd be awesome. Well, I'm excited to be sharing today. Uh, we've got some awesome friends here with us that church are going to be sharing with you um, for our series. But I also just, I want them to just introduce themselves, you to get to know them, hear just a tiny bit of what they're up to and what God's doing in their lives. So um, can I toss it over to you guys? Just introduce yourself and just let us know what you're doing right now. And then we got some more questions for you. I'm Kuzan. And I'm Karine Vandenberg. And we are missionaries from South Africa. We've been in missions for the last 22 years almost, I think. Yes. So, wow. and also all our children is in missions. We have three kids then I wouldn't tell about all the adopted kids along the line. That's part of God's family, which is yeah. so great that the Lord just put more. And um, yes, we've lived in different countries. I think we've lived in eight or nine countries at this moment, been in other countries as well as the Lord used us. But I think it just comes, you know, comes all together because of the plan that he has for each one of us, because I am always listening to, to the message that, you know, that the vineyard is sharing, you guys are sharing. Interesting, and I've seen so, I'm so excited to hear as, uh, you know, this season is going forward for the church, and I'm, we're part of that. We're really part of that, and the praying for the church 
we stand with the church praying for them. The whole family is praying for the church. And even our connection with Ryan uh, through the church, it, for us, the whole church is now our church as well. Yeah, we are uh, church planters with Vineyard, and we were on our way to uh, Latvia in the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And so COVID took us on a new adventure. <laughs> and so it's almost uh, two years later, but uh, the vision stayed the same. So we're going to Latvia to plant uh, Vineyard churches. Mm, well, hey, praise God. That's awesome. And I um, Kuzan, I love your, it, it's a new adventure, right? We've all been on a little bit of a new adventure in this season, but um, praise God that you guys are are staying obedient. And, you know, we, we continue praying for you guys as a church that God's going to keep opening doors um, in the things in the ministry that you're going to be doing in Latvia. But um, awesome. Well, church, as you guys know, we've been in our series, Stop for the One. Um, and this week, um, we're talking specifically about what it looks like to have a heart for people that are international, um, you know, and just uh, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, and that God's called us to love, you know, the, the world, everyone around us, you know, and, and across the globe. So we've got some questions that we're going to be asking Kuzan and Clarine just to get their perspective, because, you know, we figured we need to invite some international folks to expand our perspective um, and just to really speak into this specifically. So Guys, the first question that we've got for you today um, is what is your own experience as international people in foreign countries who, you know, and have had no money, friends, fellowship, resources, connection? What has that been like for you? Um, how has the Lord met you in that? And how's the Lord shown you people of peace in those areas and in those places? Uh, I think the, the Lord, uh, he always prepares people to receive you even if you can't see it and you don't know it god mm. already when he sends you know which people he's going to use but there there is the uh, many challenges if you come to america because most people coming to america come from second or third world countries mm. so there's a big big difference in understanding of finances uh there's difference in culture so when we were invited to come to the U.S. the first time, we asked uh, the guy who invited us, so who will pick us up at the airport and where will we live until we can find our own place? So he said, just rent a car at the airport and book yourself into a motel uh, for a month. And so wow. for us, it, it's, uh, we, we threw all our resources in just to get here. And then we had just enough so that we can pay a deposit for a house and uh, and one month rent. So that, and so for us to stay in a motel will be a waste of that that money. So it needs we need to find something more. And so you can take offense because of the different understanding. But the, this ministry leader just never worked with missionaries that's not fully funded. Because the most uh, Western missionaries are fully funded. And so we had to have discussions. Uh, and then uh, also the whole thing about prosperity, that that is linked to your income, that you prosper if you, if, and you, if you don't prosper, there's problem of your faith. So we had to, to, I really studied every word that was used, that word prosperity in the Bible. And so I found like Joseph was sold as a slave and God prospered him. 
And Joseph was put into prison and God prospered him. And uh, David was hiding from Saul in the caves of Abdullam and God prospered him. So prosperity is being giving success in what God called you to be. Mm. So, and for us, it was sharing the gospel. And so there's people knowing Jesus all over. And that gave us peace that there's nothing wrong with our faith because we don't we lack funds. But th this was the one uh, um, challenge. And so when, when people go out, say, let's go eat out. Oh, it's going to be cheap. It's like $30 a person. You have a family of five, and that's $150 maybe that you don't have. Yeah. And so... Uh, people, if you if you are of a higher income, that most even poor Americans as higher income as people coming into the U.S., uh, you have just to consider those things that maybe they don't are at the level we are at, and mm -hmm. so understanding these things. And then we had to go to Nicaragua once, and uh, one o'clock in the morning, our host send us a text he's not going to nicaragua anymore and we landed there totally blind we didn't have never been there we don't know anyone and so we find online um that, uh, a, a guy to pick us up and we only had the name of the hotel we're gonna stay until we find a place to stay and so this uh, person who come to pick us up he was a pastor who did a, a sideline side job uh, transporting people from the airport um, to his region. And this pastor became a very good friend and a man of peace for mm -hmm. us that helped us. And so, um, so every time we go somewhere, we divinely meet people. And so uh, we had someone in South Africa who has someone in Wichita that picked us up at the airport, took us, gave us housing, gave us a car, took us to a food bank, filled our car uh, with, um, with canned goods and stuff. And we took a map, it was for, before the days of GPS on phones. And we drove to Kansas City with a map, asked around where's IOP International House of Prayer, after a while, we figured out these people either doesn't know Kansas City uh, or they're fooling around, but we didn't know IOP was also a pancake place. So they <laughs> was. <laughs> and so uh, we found the house, and uh, uh, on that day, and uh, a Catholic man was willing to rent us with, uh, with any uh, background checks or anything because we just, just arrived. And so uh, if God calls you, he prepares people. Mm. But you must know there will be a, a, a cultural differences and even the understanding of finances. So you you mustn't take offense, but be willing to learn from mm. both sides of the culture why people do things this way or that way. I love it. I love it. And that's just, I love the stories too um, of just those people that God's put in that in that journey, in that season, in those places um, to support you guys and to partner with you guys. So I'd love to hear, you know, how, how do you guys feel like you've been used in the mission field to reach other international people in your varying places where you guys have been? Obviously, you've 
you know, you've experienced going and being kind of, you know, the international folks coming in, you know, into different countries or places, but how do you feel like where you've been when you're located somewhere, God has used you to reach international people in that area? Uh, maybe you have a no, answer. Just, okay, so just, basically yeah. for me, yeah, I focus more on, on how to be, you know, to, to focus on the hospitality of how do we accommodate people or how you know how are they receiving us many times i think that's important for us to know that hospitality is part of the kingdom of god mm. and how to reach wow. other people so i wrote something down about you know how important it is to interact with one another but i'm going to start off with the benefits because Sometimes people feel it's so overwhelming when you have to reach out to other people or take them in your house or meet them somewhere, or even when you go to a different culture. But the benefits, I feel this is important to mention, the benefits coming from that, we always have to hold before us or hold up because we grow from through every situation that we meet people in. We grow, we learn. And the Holy Spirit is the one that, inter, you know, he connects us with one another and to, to interact and, and learn from one another. So you always have to go in, into a, in a positive situation. Don't feel uh, fearful when you go in. You just need to go and think, okay, I'm going to learn something today. I'm going to grow. I'm going to embrace this. And um, now there will be challenges that comes. So, and also how much it enriches your life not just for yourself personally, but also as a family and reach the people around you, those that you interact with. Um, and another point uh, that I want to lift out is to trust God in every situation that you go in. It is not about us. It's about sharing this gospel message. So if you're going to focus on yourself, you're going to lose the point of, of mm -hmm. you know, sharing the gospel. Trust God because the, he's the one that is, authorizing this he's the one that puts to, to get a divine appointment yes. and to be ready in and out of season at all times i think that is that is what jesus is holding up to as well if we look in the gospel messages that that jesus shared with us and you know the way he spoke with people the way that he present himself he went in he wasn't hesitating so the same the same way this is how we learn through the bible Go in, trust God, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in, in this interaction. It can, it can be different in different ways, according to the giftings that the Lord gives us. When you give up your, when you open your home to people, you also need to know that you have to give up your room sometimes. And so the kids have been challenged and we've been challenged to share, um, you know, in the culture comes in and it depends on the nation, of course. And so Ryan and Farah was, was, you know, a family that opened their house for us when we came the second time to America. And I believe there was challenges between us, but I felt that, you know, it was handled. Everything was so good because mm. you also have to put down certain rules for now we are one family, two cultures, one family. And so we need to know what is the rules of the household and, and what, what are we not supposed to do and what are we supposed to do? So even for our own household, you need to know that uh, to have agreement with the people that comes in, that we don't talk out of the house because there will be issues sometimes, you know, don't talk out of your household. And um, yeah, let it stay 
between everybody if there is something, let us discuss it. And if there's a problem, but there's not always a problem. It's just in case. Because mm -hmm. kids also have disagreements, um, you know, among one another. And so, yeah, this is one thing to work out. And then you have to also share your resources. When Christmas comes, I mean, Christmas is family time, but now this is your bigger family. You can't let them yeah. go. So they be part of your family and they grow up in a way together. We had mission kids that stays for years in our household in different countries. These internationals, they don't have family. The American immigration system is very hard, very long. And sometimes these people cannot see their families for up to 12, 14 years. They can't leave the U.S. And so they, you become their family. And mm. so if you prioritize and you ask God, he will give you people. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so good. Uh, and yeah, just it's amazing to hear your guys' story and just the ways that God that God met you. And like you're saying, if you're looking for those opportunities, you know how you can share and how you can love those people around you and ultimately love them in a way that means sharing Jesus, you know, and that, that's so uh, in cool. my job in my job I used to put those chick publications, those little gospel books in the toilet. Because every man needs to read when he sits down. It's before the time <laughs> of cell phones. Yes. So uh, uh, there's three people who got saved through the toilet ministry. So hey, come you... on. That toilet ministry is rolling. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. Well, hey, guys, I, I'd love to, and I thank you so much for sharing. And it just, as you guys have known Ryan and them, it's just so, their heart for international, we're just so blessed that they're bringing that here to Florence and just to share that. And just, it's so cool just to connect with you guys and so grateful to partner with you just as we're, um, you know, going to be sharing this Sunday, but can we just pray over you guys as a church really quick? I'd love to just pray over you and um, in the room, if you're in the room, just extend a hand towards these guys. And we know God transcends technology and space and time. And even though we're praying on Thursday and it's Sunday, it doesn't matter. The Lord's going to work. Um, but I just want to pray a blessing over you guys, and thank you so much for just pouring out your heart to us. So Jesus, I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you just come right now on Kuzan and Clarine? Lord, I just pray your presence would just meet them. Jesus, I just praise you for them. I praise you for their ministry, Lord, and I just pray blessings in what they're doing. I pray just refreshing in their spirits and in their souls for the ministry that you've called them to. Lord, I pray right now that you just increase their perseverance for the kingdom. Lord, I pray any obstacles in their way on their way to Latvia right now, we just ask in the name of Jesus, would it just shift? Would things come? Would phone calls happen? Would paperwork change? We just, we know you can do it, Lord. We know you're making a way. And God, I also pray that in the meantime, would you just use them deeply where they are right now, Lord? Um, that nothing is wasted in your kingdom. So this time in Egypt is not wasted, God, but you're using it to grow them and to grow your kingdom and to grow our family, God. I thank you for, for two different cultures that can sit and talk on a Zoom call, but know that we are one family and one Lord and one Father that is God in heaven. And we just praise you for that, Jesus. Thank you and just bless them and all they're doing and all we're going to do moving forward as, as vineyards and as people of the kingdom that love you. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Kuzan and Clarine. I know you guys are listening online like you always do. So, yeah, just, so I just wanted to share that because I love them and they've got just, 
um, experience on all sides of it, of being those people in a new place, and then going, like I said, they've been in, I think, about 40 countries. They've lived in eight or nine, <clears throat> and they're just always going. I mean, now they're like in Cairo, because they had to go to Cairo to get their Latvian visa. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So these guys are globetrotters and doing the work of the kingdom, and we're partnering with them as a church um, to Latvia. And so we're going to have opportunities to share with them and hear more from them and maybe go work with them too. So, um, but I want you to um, know as we're wrapping up, we've offered a lot of practical ways to stop for the one, um, to stop for people around us. Um, we've offered just lots of things, but it doesn't stop there. What we offer isn't the end game, it's the launch point. So we want to empower you guys. That's why we want to hear your stories of how God's using you. So if you have ideas for ministries, these people, you guys are probably, there's probably stuff God's going to cook up in there that's way better than I would ever think of or someone on our team would ever think of. Like, this is about Jesus, and we're Jesus' people, and he, he loves his kids, and he talks to all of us. There's not one of, he doesn't play favorites. He doesn't love one kid more than the other. Now, we all have different gifts, but there's stuff he wants to give each of us. So I want to encourage you, swing for the fences. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be a church-wide initiative. It might just be you and your people. Might be you and your family. Might be you and your house group. That's but this is about the kingdom. It's not about big ministry promotions or amazing stuff or being polished. It's just this is earthy stuff, <laughs> putting tracks and toilets. You know, it's like <clears throat> um, toilet ministry. Um, but yeah, so this isn't where it stops. So we 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 want to be people that are hearing and obeying and sharing, um, and we'd love to hear your stories. So what we're gonna do is. Um, want you to know today, like you said, Vineyard 101, love you to come. If you've been here for 20 years or you just came here today, if you want to learn more about the history of the movement, history of this church briefly, and then our vision, value, mission, purpose, and kind of meet some of our staff, meet me, a couple board members, would love for you to come today. Just even if you didn't sign up, stick around. But um, yeah, we, we'd love to um, just hear from you and just to um, just either hear kind of where we're going. We're calling it Vineyard 101, and we'll tell you what 201 is in 301. Don't ask me unless you come. So, <laughs> so um, then we'll tell you there. And wanna re- I want to encourage you, if you're new, sign a Connect card. We have those in front of you. If you're in the front row, use the force or ask the people in back of you to grab one, but it's back there. Um, I want to call the board up. Board, if you'll come up. Lucas, you can play uh, behind us if you don't mind. Um, we're going we're gonna to pray. So just real briefly, Sherry had this great idea. My wife, um, is anyone else in here besides Sherry? Maybe it's just me and Sherry and Keith. But um, we're going to pray. Carla Snow, if you want to come up. Lovely, beautiful, talented. My wife, Carla. Carla has um, a massive heart for Foster, as you guys heard a couple weeks ago. And Carla is going to share, we'll have her share a little bit next week what this is going to be. But we just want to bless her. Basically, Carla is starting a foster clothing, uh, a free foster kinship clothing ministry here at the Vineyard. And the board was all over it, like white on rice. And we just want to bless her. So, um, yeah. So we're just going to pray. And um, you'll hear more about it. She's going to do a foster family get-together next week where it'll be about support, but she'll also share a little bit about this, and then she'll share a little bit next Sunday, too. So, yeah, we're just going to pray and uh, just ask you to come, Jesus.
to say yes and amen. We ask you to do things that we can. Thanks uh, for an idea of my wife that you put on her heart and that other people have gone before her, Lord, just spark something. Thank you that you would move, that you would go in this place, Lord, and that you would just just, just anoint um, just anoint the vine dresser, Lord. Let us reach the down and outers, the people that don't have, the people that are trying to reach them, uh, that we could be partners, Lord, in the stuff of your kingdom. We love you and we bless you today. Jesus' name. Well, hey, we're, we're just going to wrap up there. If you need prayer, if you're sick, if you're injured, if you've got pain, or if you just need some guidance, we have prayer teams that will kind of put themselves like around the room. But we just want to bless you today. We don't want to keep going any longer if you got to get kids or whatever. But um, we just want to bless you today. We love you, and we bless you. And we just, uh, yeah, let's go have a great week. And uh, hope, hopefully we'll see you in Vineyard 101.